the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 31 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. What's up, Mike? How you living? <laughs> a mansion and Benzes. <laughs> <laughs> you feel stupendous? <laughs> well, I am giving... Uh, I'm not even quite sure what he says there. Something okay. to his friends. Ends. <laughs> Giving ends to his friends. What does that mean? Uh, I think it's like, uh, you know, the, they're making their ends meet. I really don't know. I always, <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was ends. Who knows? Maybe someone out there can help us at the WPAN on Twitter. Uh, translate for us, if you will. Biggie Smalls. Is it Juicy? Is that the, is that the one we're talking about? Um, no. no um, yeah. No. The Big Papa. Big Papa. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of Big Papa, but not really, I heard you got a handful of ass on Friday. <laughs> What's that now? You got a handful of ass, right? I I did? Oh, wait, wait, I'm misreading this. You got your hands full with Mr. Ass. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> you wrestled badass Billy Gunn, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? I did. Didn't we talk about this on the other one? We did. Some people don't listen to the uh, NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. Well, they're missing out, Mike. They're missing out big time. I guess they are. You should if you're not listening to the Monday edition on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. It's on a different feed. Find both of our feeds by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe to both. But yes, he has uh, been added to the list, I think, right? Yeah, because coming up on uh, September the 8th, I'll be going one-on-one -on -one with Rockabilly. Uh-oh. Has he heard you call him Rockabilly and all these other uh I called him gimmicks? Rockabilly right to his face in the ring, and I did the Honky Tonk Man dance right in his face. So Wow. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. <laughs> so everyone's got to get up to uh, Top Row Promotions, correct? Top Row Promotions, right. Summer Showdown. All right. And uh, so he's added to the list. The list is growing. Of course, you <laughs> added uh, Wrecking Ball Ligurski to that list. Yeah, he uh, was never really removed. <laughs> You're just his tag team partner once just for shits and giggles. Come on, that was doomed to fail. I never wanted a team with that fat loser. <laughs> and of course, the UFC's Tom Lawler's on there. Cody Rhodes is on there. And Comcast. They're also <laughs> yes, they're Comcast. also on the list. But uh, 
Yeah, you've uh, got plenty of feuds going on right now in wrestling and outside of wrestling. But congratulations well, to you on happen- that. That's what happens when you interact with human beings and participate in the pro wrestling business, Mike. You should try it sometime. Uh, well, aren't you supposed to have a couple of friends, too? doesn't sound like you have many. <laughs> you're, you're supposedly my friend, but <laughs> you know right, how well, that goes. Yeah, we let's just get through this thing. I got to get out of here. I don't want to talk to but you. Come for on, I have plenty of friends, to. Mike. I have friends in high places. Kofi Kingston, Tommaso Ciampa, Warbeard Hansen. Can I drop any more names for I, you? I don't think you can. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, as for this podcast right here, we've got Merv Griffin time coming up. That's where we get your thoughts and it's your questions. Plus, one more harrowing hearty har har will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first, we are discussing a different topic each week, usually voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. But um, But this week, Mike said, screw you. No, that's not what I said. What usually happens around this time with the NXT takeovers is we like to take a look back and uh, dedicate a program on BDA Radio to the takeover. Because for my money, it is the best WWE wrestling viewing experience that you can have i mean hey mike before before you take subtle jabs the whole time i'm just gonna out myself right here <laughs> you are for, for for the listening audience okay I, uh, I did not see this entire show beginning to end i skimmed through it when i got home from top row promotions on saturday night i've had various engagements since oh, then uh, everything i saw i thoroughly enjoyed i've seen all the big moments that we're going to talk about here but uh to say I watched every second of this show would be an exaggeration. So before you bury me at some point during it, I'll just out myself and, and uh, steal your heat. I wonder if Mike Mills is hearing this. I wonder if Brian Fury is hearing this about you kind of half-assing your viewing experience of NXT. I don't know why you wouldn't dedicate some time to watching NXT. As I said, well, the best for your dollar, for your viewing experience, the best you can get in WWE. Well, the difference between me and the three of you, well, maybe at least two of you, I actively participate in the pro wrestling business. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave, leave Brian Fury uh, <laughs> yeah. off that. Brian Fury's on what? Comeback. He'll be on comeback eight <laughs> or nine by this point. Yes, and uh, he's going strong. This weekend, by the way, at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, it is the one-day fantasy camp. If you're anywhere in the New England area, come on over to North Andover. It's just $79 to step foot in a wrestling ring. If it's just something you want to do for the day or if it's something you want to do for years, come just like Sasha Banks did, just like Oni Lorcan did. Come start, take that first step by coming to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy this Saturday and be a part of their fantasy camp. Uh, and I don't hey, know maybe why. I'll sign up for it. Maybe, and I don't know why I'm doing that, because Brian Fury's been uh, kind of a dick to me on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, Well, deserved. Deserved, huh? All right. All right. Let's get into this, Kingpin. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Brian, the way we usually do this here on BDA Radio and the Podcast Radio Network, we kind of go through our highlights. We kind of assign... Um, categories yeah we have different categories we have like the uh you know the moment of the night and we debate what the moment of the night was on nxt takeover so let's start right away kingpin with the entrance of the night now did you watch the entrances i did 
You did see some entrances. I did. Okay, so what is your pick from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, the entrance of the night? I thought Drew McIntyre with the bagpipes was was, was pretty darn cool, Mike. Kind of uh, made you think of uh, the hot rod a little bit. It did, yes. And he's uh, actually Scottish, so, you know, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had the whole troop there. I'm not sure what I don't think they call it a troop of band, I guess, right? They get the bagpipes, they get the drums, the whole dilly dill. They played Hopefully a, you're offending somebody right now. I'm sure I am. And you know, they played along <laughs> with the, his entrance theme and yeah, it was really cool. That was uh, probably the biggest production of the night in terms of entrances, but you also had uh, Bobby Roode's entrance where they had the tribute to the movie Big with the, with the uh, you know the, the keys, piano? The, the yeah the large keys doing the <laughs> the opening notes of Bobby Roode's entrance music before I got into the whole glorious dill. Yeah, that's probably what I would pick if I wasn't going to go with Drew McIntyre and you know R.I.P. Robert Loja, as I said on Twitter at the WPAN that night as I was watching live. Uh, Robert, you know who Robert Loja is. Uh, no, I was actually going to say, much like a couple of our friends like to use a Michael Keaton gif of, I don't get the reference. <laughs> well, Robert Loja, was, he played the owner of the toy store in Big. He was the one that danced on the piano, on the, on the you know, the not life-size piano, but the piano that, that uh, Tom Hanks and, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, what's, what the hell's going on with you tonight? You're like all hopped up on something here. You're stumbling and fumbling all over your words tonight. I am extremely tired. I uh, was at the gym this evening, Kingpin. You don't know I, a guy named Jim. <laughs> I did a lot of running, <laughs> and I pushed myself. I might have overexerted myself, so I'm I'm uh, a little worse for wear here. But you should share that purple face picture you sent me. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm surprised you haven't yet. <laughs> 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 but no, you gotta uh, save it for the right moments, Mike. I, I guess so. Entrance of the night. Okay, we got. We got. I think we got through that one, Kingpin. Let's move on to the spot of the night. Yeah, the, you're gonna have to help me on this one, buddy. <laughs> okay, the spot of the night, without a doubt, was during the tag team championship match between the Authors of Pain and Sanity. There was a bunch of dives going on at one point by the members of Sanity, and finally, Nikki Cross. Popped up on the apron, hopped up onto the ropes. The crowd was going nuts. She jumped off onto one of the members of Authors of Pain. I have a tough time telling them apart. Of course, they caught her and, uh, you know, about to do something uh, dastardly to her. When Killian Dane was uh, also on the floor in the match, he was not a participant. The, Wait, who the uh, hell is Killian Dane? He is Big Damo, he, one of the members of, the San of Sanity. But in the mat, what? Oh, I thought that was Warbeard. Mm, no, this is not oh. Warbeard Hansen. No, he has not been signed. Are you sure? Well, I mean, uh, things can change minute to minute these days in professional wrestling. <laughs> but uh, as of they had the they had the same wrestling gear. <laughs> they did. They did. Uh, sadly, sadly. Don't let that get back to Warbeard, though, all right? Uh, <laughs> oh, I a, was texting him about it. He might get a little <laughs> miffed. But anyway, uh, so getting back to it, the member of Office of Pain holding Nikki Cross, ready to do something with her. But Killian Dane comes to the rescue, and he runs and collides with both of them, and all of them go crashing through a table that had been set up 
against the barricade. So all three of them wipe out, crush this table, and it was kind of the first real intergender thing that I can remember happening in WWE in a long, long time with Nikki Cross kind of smushed between these two guys. So, I mean, essentially, they bumped a woman. So, you know, a lot of the intergender stuff is going on in the independents. I mean, not as much I've seen recently as has been the past couple of years, but obviously it's a big deal on the independents. And I don't know if this is a taste of what's to come, if they're dipping their toe in the water here of, you know, letting the women mix back up with the guys again a little bit, but it was it was surprising to me that they did the spot, but it was one of the memorable spots, probably the most memorable spot of the night. That's why it's my spot of the night. What do you think about the fact that Nikki Cross was involved in this whole thing? I mean, I, I don't mind. Um, with the intergender stuff, It's I mean, there's good and bad, I, th- I think, with it. I mean, when it's done right, it's it can be tremendous. Uh when it's done poorly, <laughs> it gets not so good. Uh, I did see the spot that you were talking about. Okay. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty incredible. And I wouldn't have wanted to be her. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was done very well. But uh, that's when we're talking about the big spots of the night. That was the one that I thought of. Another one that was a little thing that was interesting to me in, in a different way. I mean, the Nikki Crossing was interesting in terms of the guys and girls mixing up. Another thing that was interesting that is a change of pace in what you've seen in recent years in WWE was during the women's championship match with uh, Asuka versus Ember Moon. At one point, Asuka goes for the cover and hooks the tights. One, two, and the ref catches her hooking the tights and stops the count. That's something for for one a heel cheating in that way with the tights and stuff like that. You don't see that a lot in WWE these days. They don't do a lot of choking. They don't do a lot of classic heel stuff. Cheating. You don't see that a lot in WWE these days. And then the ref being smart enough to catch it is another thing that you don't see a lot. So that little spot, I mean, is probably means nothing to most people and probably means nothing to you, King fan. But <laughs> that's something to me, just the <laughs> fact that there is a, a heel doing heel stuff and then the referee doing his job correctly. That little spot was uh, interesting to me as well. And I think is a good sign of <laughs> things to come, hopefully. Oh, boy. Hopefully that trickles upwards, if you know what I'm saying. That's what, that's what everybody tunes into, to watch the ref catch the heel cheating. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to <laughs> our moment of the night. Brian Malonis, I know you with your um, Cliff Notes version that you watched of NXT TakeOver. I'm sure that you have the big headline moment of the night as your biggest moment. Am I correct? What the hell else would you go with here? I mean, <laughs> truthfully, what what else do you take away from that that event? Uh, it's a good wrestling event, but the thing that the wrestling world was talking about was, of course, the debut of Adam Cole to join Red Dragon and laying out Drew McIntyre at the end of the show. And yeah, I'm not sure they'd be called Red Dragon here, but they are all going by their... Uh, names from the independents from Ring of Honor, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, all three of them standing tall at the end of the show. Yeah, that was the big uh, headline moment of the entire event. Uh, they I'm did sure have- for a guy like like Cole, too, even though, I mean, I, I think Cole is tremendous, and I think he's going to be just a massive star for them. But that's got to be nerve-wracking because you don't really know how many of the people in attendance are going to 
know you and react to you. And when the place goes nuts like that, and then I don't know if you saw some of the, you know, some of the videos afterwards with him doing the the catchphrase. Yep. And good portion of the crowd, you know, right along with him. That's got to feel damn good. Yeah, yeah, that was the entire crowd. I mean, a lot's been said about the Brooklyn crowd the past few days, but for NXT, I thought they were pretty damn great, and they knew their stuff when it came to uh, these guys, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, guys uh, obviously have not had mainstream exposure in the U.S. I mean, beyond, of course, the syndicated network of Sinclair broadcasting for Ring of Honor. But it's their first exposure uh, in that way. And they were, yeah, people knew exactly who they were. And it was uh, a fantastic moment. Um, yeah, I think, I, think it, I think it speaks to the reach and the impact that Ring of Honor does have on the pro wrestling landscape right now. I, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Uh, all right, let's get on to the match of the night. Kingpin Brian Malonis of the five minutes you saw, what would be <laughs> your best match of the night at NXT Takeover Brooklyn three? Um, my, my favorite match that that I watched <laughs> in totality was the opening contest, Johnny Gargano and uh, is it uh, on, uh, help me out here, Mike Cien Andra- Almas, Andrade Cien Almas. Yes, I didn't want to mispronounce. Uh, his first name. Is that his first name? <laughs> I mean, it was his last name when he first signed. He was Maddie. Yeah. Um, he was uh, Manny Andrade, but then they banned his first name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Andrade, Cien Almas, and Johnny Gargano, I thought was a fantastic match, uh, especially for the opener. Sucked you right in. Uh, the great storytelling at the end with the nod to the DIY t shirt and Gargano kind of pulling back from it. Very good. A lot, lot, of, lot of fun action. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this match. I don't take notes like you do, Michael, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match beginning to end, and I watched every single second of it, I have you know. I agree that was the match of the night for me. A couple little things. Uh, you mentioned that T-shirt. I, the only one really to get the whole angle was Nigel McGuinness, who ended up mentioning it. But, yeah, the T-shirt went was thrown in there. You never really saw the T-shirt. I wish that Gargano had... had grabbed it and held it up so people could see what it was but that might have been lost on the crowd and it seemed to be lost on most of the announced team except for Nigel McGuinness after a couple minutes finally acknowledging I think after the uh, you know the pin was rendered but uh, Andre Almas ended up going over on Gargano and yeah that was the match of the night for me too I mean for second place I would say the women's title match Oscar versus Ember Moon it was a little slow going at the beginning it seemed to it took them a little while to get the motor running but once they did by the end the crowd was on their feet the crowd was loving it and when ever moon tapped out everyone went bananas and i think that the main event uh, had a, a a lot to live up to after that match usually the women's match before the main event is the buffer match i mean traditionally i would say not in nxt but traditionally that's what it would be but they really put the uh, main event of McIntyre and Rude in a tough place, uh, and th- it took them a while to to get the crowd with them after the the end of the uh, women's championship match. So that would be my second place if I have to name one for match of the night. But I definitely agree that the opener was was the top bout of the evening. All right, let's get right down to it. Our final category when it comes to NXT Takeover Brooklyn Three, 
Kingpin Brian Malonis with your limited knowledge <laughs> of this card. Well, who is your MVP of the night? Well, got to be Adam Cole, Mike. He's the guy everybody's talking about. And I, and I think he's going to be the guy that this brand is built around here in the, in the coming months. Uh, I look forward to the McIntyre-Cole battles, and uh, but I, th- I think he's the MVP of the night. He's the guy that everybody uh, is buzzing about uh, and is excited to see going forward. Huh. Okay. I mean, he just came out and just, uh, you know, kicked the guy a couple times and then grabbed the title. <laughs> and the craft the went crazy. I don't know if that makes you the MVP. All right. Well, <laughs> it's, my, it's my MVP. <laughs> it sure is. I guess with your, uh, you're just going with what you know, with what you know, with what you watched, I guess I should say. But uh, <laughs> I would think Drew McIntyre would be a better MVP than Adam Cole. But, you know, what do I know? He just wrestled a 20 minute match in the main event. Well, last I uh, checked, this was our opinions, Mike. Well, usually it's an educated opinion, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll get off yeah, your back. Yeah, you're right. Completely off base with, <laughs> with the guy that was fucking trending worldwide afterwards. Okay. Uh, all right. So if you're going to go with uh, what I consider a wacky pick, I'll go with a wacky pick for MVP as well. I'm just going to say it. Asuka. And, and no. <laughs> I have <laughs> said Asuka many times because she has been an MVP for the company. I will go out on a limb, and it's not for the reason you're going to think, Brian Malonis, but I'll say the MVP is Zelina Vega. Oh, boy. And let me tell you why. Better hope the missus doesn't listen to this. (laughs) No, 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 no. Let me tell you why. Because Andrade Almas has a new lease on life in NXT. He was a flop. He was really a flop. He came out with the suspenders and the hat at the beginning, trying to get over as a baby face. It didn't happen. And ever since, he's been paired. He turned heel, and now he's been paired with, of course, Thea Trinidad, now known as Zelina Vega. He's got a new lease on life. He was in the match of the night here at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. She was a big part of it, uh, leading into the finish. I think, I mean, this is a, a big turnaround, and it's going to be a future success story. I think this duo is, you know, due up on the main roster. I don't know if they're going to slot him for 205 Live or if they're going to go on the main roster. Oh, but he, you don't think he weighs more than 205? Uh, it's it's possible, but I know, he, you know, he's he's does the oh. cruiserweight style. Uh, he does, but he looks, I don't know, he looks bigger than 205 to me. He looks like a... Good-sized dude. I mean, I think he's a shorter fella, which will play into that. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, a little untraditional, the, my pick of MVP, Zelina Vega. But I think, hey, it works, hmm. right? Hmm. Well, those of us that know you well know the motive behind this pick. I don't think so. Oh, so <laughs> all right. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. If you haven't seen it on the WWE Network, as always, we recommend you go watch it. As I said from the <laughs> you outset. you think I should go watch this? Yes. Please. <laughs> go watch it. Then we'll come back and retape this thing. But uh, <laughs> Are you going to wait up till 1 in the morning? No. But uh, SummerSlam was a good show. was a nice show. Too damn long. This two hours, two and a half hours is perfect. All matches, they hit you, boom, boom, boom. Not a lot of garbage in between. And all the matches, there wasn't a terrible match on this card. 
some great matches we didn't talk about Atami and Alistair Black. That was probably the weakest on the show. I'm a little worried about where Atami goes from here. I mean, they turned him heel, looking to uh, light a fire under him. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it was a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, but he's. I think he's still missing something when it comes to you know being in the, the, the WWE, being in NXT. We'll have to see what happens there. But back to uh, back to your point there for a second, Mike. About we talked about in the past about the more concise nature of these shows and it's, it's amazing that the wwe hasn't adopted this a little uh, a little more and I, i'd love to know the motive behind it i mean do they think because like raw's three hours they can't give you a pay-per-view for for two and a half you know to uh i mean i think back to the old like in your house pay-per-views which were the in-between off-month pay-per-views like what the hell would be the harm in these you know i understand fine you want to go four hours with wrestlemania and SummerSlam and even the royal rumble i get it you have both brands there. You're trying to get as many guys possible on the show. But for these ones that are in between, especially with the two-a-monthers, like, man, they would be much better shows at two and a half hours than, than three-plus all the time. Yeah, I, I think it might be something to do with the main shows are two hours, three hours long. So you have to get uh, your money's worth when it comes to <laughs> the specials. But ugh. We can dream, can't we, Mike? We can dream of a 90-minute Raw on SmackDown, can't we? Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> would be a dream come true, but I don't think it's happening. It's not going to happen. All right. Speaking of dreams coming true, let's uh, let the people live their dreams by mentioning their names here on the podcast. It is Merv Griffin time. Hey, it's- how about the, you know these people here on, on Twitter? They want to be mentioned on this podcast. They better get their ass over to Limitless Wrestling's Twitter and start voting for me. You're falling behind, huh? I have, yeah, and I right now I have less votes than there are average listeners on a bad week for this podcast. What we don't have people? bad weeks. <laughs> well, bad for us. I mean, it's good okay. for everybody else. But but get your asses over to to you go to my Twitter at Brian Malone. It's pinned right at the top of my my Twitter page. Go over there, throw me a vote. Come on. What's going on, with Johnny Cannonball? Johnny Cannonball. It's Is Jeff that... Cannonball. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not familiar with the guy, and I don't know where he's getting all these votes from. What's where is he from? Yeah, he's from CZW. He's from the Philly area. Okay, he's a death, he's a deathmatch wrestler. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I, he's been I, some crazy shit, man. <laughs> you got to get out there. That's Jeff, good, hey, Jeff Cannibal's a great dude. Oh, he is. Okay. Having said that, I want to beat him. I want I want to be wrestling at Limitless in the six man scramble. All right, so get there and vote. It is is it pinned to your page? It is. It's pinned right at the top. All right. So at Brian Malonis on Twitter, you can find that and vote for the kingpin. Get him into yeah, the Yeah, by the time this comes out, there's going to be like less than 24 hours left on it. So come on, people. Get me there. All right. Uh, so, okay, let's get into Merv Griffin time, named for your favorite episode of our favorite show. That, of course, being Seinfeld. And we're doing voicemails over in the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. Get yours in now. We'll play it on the show this coming Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. But the way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Okay. Last week here on BDA Radio, we talked about the worst wrestler to win a world championship. A lot of people checking in on this. Tony S. from Checking the Boots, at referee Tony S. on Twitter, asked if Vince Russo made the list. Yes, he did. And he says, honorable mention, Adam Pac-Man Jones. Of course, he was a TNA World Tag Team champion, Brian. And 
never never did a, a move. Never did anything. He, oh, wait, no, I know he never took a bump. He might have uh, done a hammerlock or two. <laughs> but Pac-Man yeah, Jones. Yeah, I think that was in the, probably in the contract, I'm it guessing. It was. Yeah. So uh, I, I would... Uh, Yes, I would be behind that, referee Tony S. He is uh, part of the Check of the Boots podcast. Look them up. They come out every Sunday, or they have them this past couple weeks. But hopefully this Sunday they will return to the airwaves. Referee Tony S. and Chip K. Fabe, Check in the Boots podcast, wherever your podcasts are available. And uh, speaking of podcast pals, DC Matthews from DC and Doc Talk on the NAI Wrestling Network at DC Matthews NAI on Twitter. He says, technically, Ezekiel Jackson was the ECW world champion for about 12 minutes before WWE ECW went away. Does that count? Yeah, I think it counts. I didn't count the ECW championship when it was, uh, you know, WWE version of ECW because they didn't call it a world title. I know Jack Swagger was an ECW champion, Matt Hardy. But uh, you you say that is a world championship to you? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Well, Tony S. is back again. He says, what about the battle of the ECW champions, Vince McMahon or Ezekiel Jackson? <laughs> I think Vince takes that one in a landslide. Remember uh, the do-rag that Vince would wear? <laughs> yes, I do. So terrible. Ugh. Bobby Davis, he is at Fights and Laughs on Twitter. He says, the great Kali surely ranks up there. He did. I think he was the first person I mentioned. Uh, Taylor Colt, at Taylor Colt 1989 says, Jack Swagger, guy was never championship material. Uh, like I said, uh, very good wrestler. Great wrestler. He's on the independence now. He's going to be around locally coming up. But Yeah, Mike, you should come tell him. What you think of him? <laughs> but I, I just didn't think at that point in time uh, he wasn't a world champion. But that's but now just you me. feel differently. Uh, of course, now, now, now he can win any world championship he wants. I'll tell him to his face. Uh, another dumb mark on Twitter. He is at, yeah at another dumb mark. If the world tag team championships count, the WPAN needs another few hours to list the jokes that found their way into those belts. <laughs> well, one of them was my number one pick, Kingpin. You remember? Yes. You, you, you cooked the books. Judy Bagwell, the mother of Buff Bagwell, was a former WCW World Tag Team Champion. So, yeah, I snuck that one in there at the end for you. <laughs> a little fun, a little fun. Uh, Rusty, at NB underscore Rusty on Twitter, he says... It begins with J and ends in Inder Mahal. <laughs> World champions that are undeserving. How do you feel about Jinder Mahal and what, how he's done? Um, you, my, my only crit criticism of it was it was just it was just so out of nowhere. Other than that, I think it's you know I think it's fine. I just I don't, I don't know if I would have had him. And I, I don't know. I mean, you never know how how much in advance these plans are done, but. I wouldn't have him looking like a jobber on Raw like for for like a month before, then going over to SmackDown and immediately becoming the champion. Yeah, it doesn't really make uh, your two TV shows look equal. When the yeah, guy but, from Raw, he's a complete loser. He goes to SmackDown, wins the world title. But as far as like look, and I even think his work in the ring, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. It's it's something different. <laughs> it definitely is. Okay, Randall Keough. Our good friend at Randall Keo on Twitter. Uh-oh. Brian, the worst world title holders. He says, number three, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, WCW. Number two, Lex Luger in WCW. Number three, Ultimate Warrior, WWF 1989. 
and this set you off, Brian Malonis. You would yeah, Hulk Hogan doesn't belong on any list of worst world champions. Again, we were not talking worst title reigns. I, I have to amend the feud list. I forgot that this week you started feuding with our one of our great <laughs> listeners, Randall Kehoe. Well, it wasn't worst title reigns, though. It was, I mean, if it was worst title reigns, I mean, Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9 takes the cake there. Yeah. We, but it was worst world champions. How are you going to put Hulk Hogan on the list of worst world champions? Because, again, we're not talking reigns. We are talking about the man to hold the championship. Yeah, there is a distinction there, and probably in the future, maybe we'll do that. We'll talk about the worst world championship reigns. But we talked about the worst wrestlers, the worst world champions. All right, let's move on to this past Monday's episode. We talked about SummerSlam 2017, and our friend from the United Kingdom, Glenn Abbott, at GA WrestleNut, he says, Crockett, shame you missed one of the best matches of the night. Strange that the Demon has the same moveset as that rocker guy. I think he's talking about Finn Balor, the rocker guy, the guy with the leather jacket. <laughs> but the best match of the night is, do you think he's talking about the Cena match? Or do you think he's talking about what you said was one of the best matches of the night, the New Day Usos match? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe we should clarify that with Glenn Abbott. I don't think I responded to him. I will I will properly respond to him on Twitter, and you can uh, well, go check that out. you're a jerk. <laughs> All right, and you were salty this past Monday on the podcast, Brian. Yes, I was. Uh, so Randall Keogh again says, you guys want to talk salty. Did you see Scott Steiner's Twitter about Triple H being on the Jimmy Fallon show? I did not. Yeah, Scott Steiner is very upset that Triple H had the spot where he... Did you see the Jimmy Fallon spot? I did not. <laughs> what have you been doing this past week? Under a rock, <laughs> Kingpin Brian Malonis. Uh, Living life, buddy. Not glued to uh, TV and social media. Triple H body slammed Jimmy Fallon through his desk on his show to promote SummerSlam last week. Scott oh. Steiner was very upset that uh, that spot didn't go to one of the wrestlers on the card. So that was what that was about. Your thoughts on that? I don't know. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, may maybe it would have been slightly better. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Triple H is still one of the biggest stars in, in, in the company and in wrestling history. I don't, I don't really have a problem him being the one to go uh, to go promote it. Maybe if you weren't still wrestling, you'd have a different opinion. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't have a problem with it. All right, like I, I think that ship has sailed, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk to somebody who would sure had a big problem with it. Mike Mills oh, at boy. Mike Five Hundred Four Saints on Twitter. He says it wouldn't be a WPAN without a dig at me on banks. <laughs> he said, my erector set was not erect, assholes. <laughs> we did talk about uh, Sasha Banks' big collar that was erect behind her head and then kind of went and talked about <laughs> Mike Mills in a similar vein. But uh, he says no. He's uh, just studying the wrestling, I guess, is what he's getting at. Yes, apparently. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he was. Uh, he, he also used to look at Playboy just for the articles. <laughs> TK, uh, the executive producer here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, at THOG94, he says, I think the only time at Brian Malonis cries is when he has to do another segment of the Dirt Cheat Shuffle. <laughs> and I said, you haven't shed a tear in a long time, Kingpin. 
Yes. It's been a little while. It's been a little while since you've done the Dirt Cheat Shuffle. If you want to see the DSS, come on back. Let me know at the WPAN on Twitter. I know Randall Keough has checked in saying he's uh, looking forward to another Dirt Cheat Shuffle. Maybe in the uh, upcoming episodes here we'll get one in there. But uh, we had to take a break. We had to let it rest. I think, I think you should let somebody else try to play the Dirt Cheat Shuffle. Because you suck so bad at it? No, I, I started to whoop your ass on it and it went away conveniently. Uh-huh. All right. We'll see what happens with the Dirt Sheet Shuffle moving forward. But a couple more here. Oh, Randall. Randall's back again. He said he was listening back to old episodes, and he heard Garga lyrics for the first time. Uh, he said he was considering unsubscribing from the podcast. That, that episode should have been deleted. <laughs> well, Brian, let me take a sip of water here one second. Please don't. Well, I'm just taking a sip of water. That's, that's what's the problem. <laughs> nobody should ever be subjected to that to that again (laughs) all right moving on john morris at j-o-n-s-u-p-r-m-n of course he is my best friend on the planet he says i got my tickets for nxt lowell who's buying at croc socks tickets (laughs) Uh, anyone any volunteers i don't know do we know anybody anymore mike (laughs) Uh, uh, that's still in nxt i don't know All of our friends have advanced to the big time. I think. Yes. We'll have to see. We'll have to see damn what we can it. do. God <laughs> damn it. Like, I, uh, I can't be seen at a WWE show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no? All right. Uh, It'd be kind of weird paying to go watch a show in a building I just wrestled in. <laughs> <laughs> watch the show. I, I'm just paying for it would be a little strange. Wear a mask. You'll be fine. Oh, no, I'm not worried about you, people seeing me. I'm oh, not, okay. This is a, this isn't about other people. This is about me. This is about like, I just wrestled in this. <laughs> I just got paid to wrestle in this building. Now I'm paying to watch wrestling in this building. So matter I'm of pride, it, right? Matter of pride. Uh, a little bit, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens for NXT Lowell. That's next month, right? Um, Sometime in September. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens there. We'll probably be there. I will be there anyway. I think, Stephen. At HHHGuy2004, maybe he'll be in Lowell as well. He says, I love that the ref caught Asuka trying to get a Ric Flair-style victory. Thank you, Steven. And uh, he <laughs> says, at Croc Sox, would have blown it. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, he says. Yeah, say all right, Steven. Again. All right, Steven. I uh, thought we had a nice truce there last time in Lowell, but guess not. All right, <laughs> Marty Howell at Martin Howell 71 he says, hey, which was the dumber use of major power? Big Brother Jessica's halting hex or Baron Corbin's money in the bank briefcase? <laughs> Ooh. I'm still going to say Jessica's halting hex. <laughs> yeah, well, she used it a week where uh, it looked like she might not have been in danger, right? Or Cody might not have been in danger. I, we're getting yeah, Big well, Brother here. I think she just could have played it smarter. She could have actually revealed to Paul, like, hey, here's the deal. If you do this, I'm going to use this. Your HOH is going to be wasted, and nobody's going home. And, but I won't use it, and let's work together to get somebody else out. That was their opportunity to actually play Big Brother. Unfortunately, Cody waited until he was already toast to actually play Big Brother. Yeah, and they isolated themselves from the house, and Josh, Horrible. Josh was considering, uh, you know, getting rid of Elena instead of Jessica, but Jessica wouldn't give him the time of day, wouldn't let him talk to her, and yeah, they kind of sealed their own fate at some point in that whole deal. Yeah, when you're getting outsmarted by that kid, Josh, uh, it says a lot about you. <laughs> that that 
and she's and she's a hooker. <laughs> she is not, Brian. She's she not. She is so. Oh come on, she's a lovely lass. And, she uh, is. She's she's an escort. Excuse me. Is that true or? Yes, that's true. That's fact. Uh, the no. VIP party host. Excuse me. There you go. <laughs> she's a VIP party host. Uh, so the money in the bank cash in by Baron Corbin. <laughs> Well, considering one's written into story and the other was a decision somebody made, I'd say it's pretty distant. <laughs> Are we talking about kayfabe terms, Mike? Well, I mean, sure. Uh, they're pretty close then, I guess. All right. But are uh, you still giving it to uh, Jessica from Big Brother? Well, no. I mean, in kayfabe sense, uh, Baron Corbin's the dumbest guy in the, uh, on, on Earth. He gave <laughs> away millions as champion. He sure he only did. gave away 500000 uh yeah that was uh that was a little a little rough but i thought they were going to use it as motivation for baron corbin to kick the shit out of john cena but uh, uh from what i understand that didn't happen either so, well if you if you if you believe the rumor and innuendo maybe mr corbin got himself in some trouble on twitter oh jesus all right finally Ultra here said. <laughs> yeah <laughs> What say you? Uh, David Ratty with a David Ratty question of the week. He asks both of us, what is the worst bump slash injury you have suffered in the ring? Ooh. Uh, for me, uh, thankfully, knock on wood, there hasn't been anything really terrible. Um, as far as the worst bump, I guess it would be either... I mean, I was hit with a chair in the back pretty hard. <laughs> Not by um, me, was it? No, no. This is very early on in my career. This is before Chaotic. And I, I, I think a, I guess it's not a bump, but Handsome Johnny slash Warbeard Handsome slash the brand new bad squashed me in the corner. Very, very stiff. He, I mean, of course, he told me beforehand, this is going to be stiff. I said, okay. And it sure as hell was. Um, <laughs> I also remember one time I, I took a ref bump uh, where it was Louis Ortiz and Kid USA Jay Gillette in NWA New England. And uh, Jay Gillette had Louis Ortiz on his back in a fireman's carry going to do his finish, which was a fireman's carry into a Michinoku driver. And he spins around and uh, Louis's legs are supposed to hit me in the face. And, you know, that's, there's a ref bump. And he caught me like right in the eye one time. And I swore I knew I was going to have a black eye. And I was like worried because no one I worked with or anything like that knew that I did this pro wrestling thing. So if I came in with a black guy, it'd be like, what the hell happened to you? But thankfully, I didn't get a black guy. I, I swore I knew I was going to, but it didn't happen. But it, that was a, a little stiff too. just Louis boot in my eye hole. But uh, that's the worst thing. Uh, thankfully, like I said, no injuries to speak of. But uh, how about you, Kingpin? Um, I mean, bumps. the worst bump I probably ever took was a uh, double body slam through a ladder. That was that sucked. That was <laughs> that hurt. I was I was hurting for a couple days after after that one. That was that was a rough bump. Um, Which Cold Fury was that? Uh, twelve, I think. Okay, yeah, it was a three-way uh, ladder match. You, Todd Hansen, and Brian Fury. Yes, yes, and those fellas took some crazy bumps in that, in that match as well. Yes. Um, pain-wise, I mean, I've, I've had a couple concussions, both from both from Warbeard Hansen, uh, um, that messed me up. But probably the most painful injury I had was uh, when I thought I blew out my knee. Um, this is like a 
like a little over two years ago now. Um, I came off the second rope for like a whoopee cushion on Jimmy Preston. And as soon as I landed, I felt like a enormous like pop in my in my right knee and couldn't stand up, couldn't do anything. I had to sit there with my knee bent uh, waiting to get super kicked. And then I had to crawl to the back where a few of the fellows had to help me get up on a chair and uh yeah it was uh, that, that that was probably the most painful though like the, and the most painful injury i've sustained all right so uh, thank you very much david ratty for your question and we can't wait to hear what you have for us next week on the wrestling podcast about nothing on bda radio and thank you to everyone else who is about a merv griffin time this week we look forward to talking to you on twitter and we will bring you the best of it next week here on the wrestling podcast about nothing uh, let's talk about putting over podcasts. That is a Facebook group. And it's not just about the wrestling podcast, about nothing. It's about all podcasts. There are a ton of podcasters in there. We want to get more podcast fans to be a part of this private group. All you have to do is find putting over podcasts. Just put that in the search bar on Facebook. Join. We will add you. We'll make sure to approve you right away. And you can interact with everyone, all the other podcasters, the other podcast fans in there, just talking about your favorite podcasts. That's I even chime in once in a while. <laughs> you really should. That'd be nice. I uh, do. Oh, once you in do. A while. Once in a while. And uh, make sure <laughs> to join us over there. Let's talk about a couple of our podcasting pals. Uh, Mike Mills from Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Congratulations to him. He finally got his, uh, what would you call it? His, um, uh, I had it. Uh, I had it in my head. He, he finally got his golden uh, power of veto. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on Big Brother. He finally got the big one. Jim Cornette is on the podcast this past Thursday. Part two is coming tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday, check well, out. I guess I talked about how much wrestling sucks today. Uh, mostly it's about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which is his promotion <laughs> in the early 90s that actually uh, Mike Mills is reviewing show by show on Sundays on the Book in the Territory feed. So check out the Smoky Mountain Review show on Sundays. Then hear them talk to Jim Cornette. Uh, next few Thursdays on Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, anywhere podcasts are sold, or mikemills.podbean.com. Become a patron of Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. Check in the boots. We mentioned them earlier with referee Tony S. Chip K. Fabe. Check them out. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason and Troy now. It is going to be Thursdays now. They move back to Thursdays from Wednesdays. They do it live on YouTube. Then they post it on their podcast feed. You can find that show. You can find the Nitro Mania show, the NXT Retro Recaps, the Rundown Sitdowns, all in the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. Just look up Rundown Wrestling Podcast on your favorite podcast platform and you can find them. All right, Kingpin, on this podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people they're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to the immortal words of one Tarzan Taylor. All it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. That's what he said. So with that said, <laughs> I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. This Sunday, the Royal Rumble. And I hope you 28 wrestlers are ready, because my tag team champions are ready. Haku, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready, Giant?
If I'm ready. <laughs> Remember, every man for himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I think the past few weeks, I think we've got away from the spirit of what the Heal Laugh Hall of Fame is. I was even considering, what are we doing with the Heal Laugh Hall of Fame? Have we gotten rid of all the good heel laughing laughs? And... Obviously not, because Andre the Giant is a perfect member of the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Am I not correct? <laughs> you are 100% correct. That brought a big smile to my face here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. He wasn't the greatest promo in the world, but one of the great laughs. I think it was all that time he spent with Ted DiBiase. If you saw the video, his head, you know, he throws his head back. Very DiBiase-esque. Oh, my goodness. There's like 72 <laughs> teeth in that head. My word. But, uh, yes, no one loves a good laugh like Andre the Giant, the late, great Andre the Giant, a very deserving member of the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Any good Andre memories for you, Kingpin? Um, I mean, WrestleMania 3, of course. The the lead-up to WrestleMania 3, the ripping the chain off of Hulk Hogan's chest and then making Hogan's chest bleed, boy, that stuck with me for, for a long time as a kid. And, uh, of course, the LJN figure, Mike. How about that? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, was, I was very upset. I only had the long-haired Andre, and I, n I never got the short-haired Andre. I think I had the short-haired Andre. Really? Yeah, because I don't think I was around for the long hair, Andre, because I came in around WrestleMania 4. So. You mean uh -huh. to tell me I watched, started watching wrestling before you? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. you're like eight years older than me. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right. Andre the Giant, Heel Laugh, Hall of Famer. To check him out in all his glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. Kingpin, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways, and those byways this weekend doing that pro wrestling thing one more time where you headed mike i'm heading to salisbury massachusetts for atlantic pro wrestling teaming up with the juggernaut john poe what? in the main event that's right to take on picture perfect dan terry Vern vicalo couple of ham and eggers we're gonna throw these guys around uh well hmm you haven't had a good uh, track record with tag team partners lately. Especially tag team partners that I've previously feuded with. So, uh, yeah, you might want to be there for this one. You never know what could possibly happen. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. That's true. Is that all you got this weekend? <laughs> That's it, buddy. All right. If you want to book the Kingpin up, email him, brymalonis at comcast.net, or DM him on the Twitter at brymalonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing... And to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Eamon Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. Okay, we will be back on Monday with episode 71 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network. Then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>